0: Welcome to the latest EG-like Sunday Morning, where I am joined by the powerhouse pairing of Shantae Bohitage and Akansha Sonny, here to bring the worlds of offices and resi alive and straight into your earlobes. Uh, how are you both doing this week?
1: Good, yeah. Wonderful, thank you.
0: How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Are you enjoying your, your long weekend so far?
1: Well,
2: it hasn't started.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kangs has disposed of the artifice no.
2: straight away. Uh, <laughs> do you,
0: do you, how are you planning to spend your, uh, your your bank holiday weekends, both of you?
2: I am hopefully finally going to see Guardians of the Galaxy three.
0: <gasps> ah, excellent! I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Although right, take imagine. a take a hanky along. That's all I can say.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what Tim said as well. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shantae um relaxing and hopefully enjoying some sunshine although who knows at this point we just gotta we just gotta hope we live in hope
0: yeah just grab it when, when it's there just grab the opportunity that's that's, that's yeah exactly uh, yeah so um chante, i am going to start with you because your big story this week uh comes with graphs uh, and i'm a, a real <laughs> sucker real sucker for some good statistics so uh, in the week in the in the wake of the mees requirements to get epcs in order uh, yes. office refurbishments it seems are at an all time high uh, mm-hmm. so please tell us more and and go into a great audio uh, description of those graphs for us uh,
1: <laughs> Well, i highly recommend um that anyone <laughs> listening goes and has, a, has an actual look at the graphs because they are really interesting and i think they can probably tell the story better than i can but i shall do my best <laughs> um so yeah really the flight to quality rages on um london's seen a total of 37 refurbishment schemes starting which is about 3.2 million square foot over the last six months so we're talking leading up to march um according to deloitte's summer crane survey 2023 so um that was the highest number um volume of refurbishment starts across the seven central sub markets since records began which just to put that into perspective, they started collecting data in 2005. So we're talking about 18 years. So it's the highest we've seen in in 18 years Mm. worth of data. Um, And really, as you said, driving this is just an an increased awareness of the forthcoming MIEs regulations and the subsequent impact that that would have on any existing non-compliant stock. So developers have kind of gone in a, you know, we need to refurbish and renovate um rather than rebuild in, a, in order to avoid stranded assets. Mm. So the kind of overall sentiment was that developers are cautiously optimistic about the future and, and what's coming next. Considering market demand for grade A stock in the capital is still really strong. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of bolstered occupational markets. So I think that's kind of offset some of the perhaps a more negative sentiment that may have come. Um with these regulations, you know, upcoming, but um, yeah, even even despite rising inflation and all the uncertainty that we've had in in capital values, the 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 fact that the top tier of stock is performing so well, I think, mm. is reassuring. Um, but yeah, new office starts have risen by almost eighty percent in comparison to the winter survey in twenty twenty two. So we've got a nice graph for that one. Um, <laughs> but during that period, the sort of average new scheme size has also increased from around seventy nine thousand square foot to like eighty eight thousand square foot so um we're also seeing that the size is you know increasing people are taking more space which again is is fairly positive but um another one of the big sort of catalysts for this change and uptake in refurbishments was the uh the ongoing war for talent as well um mm-hmm. which we we've We'll continue to talk about, I'm sure, for, for quite a while longer. But uh, the age-old adage, adage remains that postcode also takes priority because um, the West End is, has seen a lot more new starts for the second, dif- second consecutive survey in a row. So the volume in the West End is like 3, 000 square, 1.3 million square feet, mm. <laughs> um, which yeah, is quite a stark difference with the city because that's been seeing a steady decline over the last few surveys. So I think the city's dropped to just under 600,000 square feet. So that says a lot, I think, given the fact that there is still quite a lot of, you know, stock in the city and there is still development going on and there is still demand for the stock in the city. But um, yeah, even with that demand for grade A stock, the the new starts have sort of seen a consistent decline. So I mean, there's also some interesting data in there about costs and delayed construction and the impact that sort of high build costs have had on construction starts. So I think there was 22 schemes have been delayed, um, which is about 3.6 million square feet of office space over the last six months. So that's all been pushed to the remainder of 2023. So that was meant to be here now, but um, has been delayed again another six months. So, yeah, we'll see what happens over the next few months. But that obviously means that we've now got quite an inflated development pipeline for the year. So there's about 10 million square feet now projected to complete over the next nine um, months. So, yeah, quite a lot, quite a lot coming to the market. But we'll see what happens and whether they actually end up completing or if we have them pushed again into next year um, and what that will mean for the market.
0: Plenty for you to keep track of. Uh, In terms of the the refurbishments, are you getting the sense that people are planning ahead? Uh, for when the, the the Mies sort of requirements get even mm-hmm. more stringent in 2027 20, and 2030? Are, are, are they, or are they kind of just kind of dealing with the immediate problem?
1: Oh, it's a real mixed bag, I think. I think in the West End, I think in smaller stock, perhaps, mm-hmm. where it's sort of um, where the landlords are international, uh, sometimes it's a bit it takes a bit more convincing for them to understand mm-hmm the immediacy of needing to renovate now um i think in other countries it's what i'm hearing is that it's not always you know as much of a priority to have stock that's grade a and that's really energy compliant so um it sometimes can be a bit of a job to convince certain landlords that it's Mm -hmm. worth acting now they, they feel quite happy to want to kick the can down the road and say, oh, but yep. it's it's a C or a D. We'll just get someone in short term and they can take the space for two, three years and then we'll deal with it. Um, but I think for the most part, agents are, are, are helping to convince and sort of somewhat have to explain to landlords, you know, in those cases, why it's got some urgency to it. And I think for yep. the most part, landlords, I mean, all the big landlords in, in the UK anyway, know know the importance of of making those changes because eventually it's just going to be unlettable. I mean bottom line is when the regulations come in however long that may be and whether they actually do come in in 2030 or not we don't know but (laughs) if they do at that point nobody wants to be caught out in 2030 going hang on a minute I legally can't let this building and it's just it's just redundant so
0: yeah Uh, And you mentioned the flight to quality, but that that kind of inevitably brings with it a flight away from lack of quality. Uh, And and you have some you have some pretty bleak news um, this week uh, for owners of secondary and tertiary space.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. So um, Helical's chief exec, Gerald Kay, has kind of predicted that values for secondary and tertiary uh, offices have yet to hit the bottom of the market. So um, he sort of said that as further interest rate rises look set to slow in the coming weeks and months, that's obviously going to have an impact on uh, on the values. So um, he sort of sat down with us and, and said that price corrections will see values fall further, which is going to create more opportunities for them as a business to kind of scoop up um, unloved assets at low prices. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it doesn't doesn't look so great for the uh, for the secondary <laughs> and tertiary stocks. So, um, yeah, last year I think Helical recycled about two hundred and thirty million pounds of capital into other projects. Mm. So it'll be those secondary and tertiary assets that they're looking to to take on and uh, and invest some money into. So yep. I think the gap between the re- the the best and the rest is going to continue to widen as those values mm. correct. Um, ultimately, occupiers just don't want old stock anymore. I think it's just a really hard sell to convince anyone unless they're Taking a really really small amount of space um it's it's highly unlikely they're going to want anything other than the best the, the upper echelon of stock so um occupiers are wiser to what they want they know the importance of real estate and attracting talent so they're just not not willing to risk it so we've really got a market of two halves mm. and um and that's what Gerald Kay was kind of saying that we just can't look at the market the same way anymore he was like, you've got to be at the right end of the asset class because the best in class is going to be fine. Rent's in the best in class, a, a holding steady, they're rising, you know, but falling value is in the poor quality secondhand space. So that's going to need a lot of capex to bring it up to the required standard. So ultimately, those are going to be the ones that are sort of left stranded if, you know, down the line. Hmm. So, yeah, he said it was the first time he'd seen such a dramatic increase in valuations alongside rental growth for best-in-class spaces so that kind of polarity again he was talking about the same sort of thing that we've seen um with the deloitte, deloitte survey which was really interesting
0: if there's one thing i like as much as graphs Shantae, it's a football cliche so a market of two halves uh is, is right <laughs> up right up my alley so you're, you're doing fantastic <laughs> fantastic work all around this week um, <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Akanksha, it, it does all seem to be happening uh, in the PBSA arena. Uh, so uh, can you uh, just sort of give us a bit of a roundup on what, what you've been writing in that sector?
2: Well, actually, London is a hot market for PBSA this week as mm.
0: well. Um,
2: there have been several central London PBSA sites with planning permission mm. that have come on the market, um, such as Infrastructure Investments has appointed Beachrock to sell its central London um PBSA for 60 million, that's a scheme in shortage, that's 200 um, beds and it's right near Bayes Business School as well as City University. Um, And then there's another one, which is a Houston one. Um, It has come on the market with MBU Capital appointing Knight uh, Knight Frank to market it. And um, this is actually a really interesting scheme because apparently it's the most central PBSA in London. So Mm -hmm. from the top floor of the 14 story tower, you can see, you can get like a 360 degree view of London. So that's gonna be really interesting, yeah. yeah. Um in other big PBSA news this week, um, Walken Jones released its results for H1. Um and they have not done so well. They're they barely scraped a profit, um, but they did announce with their um with their results that they have closed their first forward funding development for the year. Um I, when I spoke to Alex Pease, I mip him a couple months ago he did mention they have a couple um, PBSAs on the market for forward funding and the one in Bristol which is 819 bets has finally been sold to KKR um it's 110 million GDV development um they have two other projects that are currently under offer and three others still in the market looking for funding um and yeah the weird thing is, um, the chief executive, Richard Simpson, said that the results were in line with expectations, um, because the market was really bad um for fraud funding, as well as even residential suffered however much however uh, offices and industrial and retail suffered worse. Mm. Um and um In other big news, there's also Unite, who has announced that they're looking to expand um, the BTR platform and they've finally given us a number of how much (laughs) they're looking to invest. So Unite has um, set aside 200 million to start with. Um, They said it's an incremental step into the BTR market and they made their first uh, BTR acquisition last year, um, which was 180 Stratford. the difference between their PBSA and BTR is that they're not going to actually brand their BTRs as Unite. So they're mm-hmm. just going to keep like a generic name for them. But they are still looking for BTR opportunities in cities where they already have presence for PBSA um, mm-hmm. because they want that crossover of operations. They think it'll be easier to manage the BTR opportunities if they have a PBSA presence, Um, so they'll be looking to forward fund uh, mixed use developments, but they're not looking at developments with large retail or office space. They're looking at mixed use within PBSA and like small retail frontage. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. Um, 300, 700 homes. So that's going to be a big one, big ambition for them going forward. And And, Within their their (laughs) PBSA space, uh, they're still looking to expand uh, because PBSA is a huge market, no one can argue with that right Mm. now, Um, but they're looking at really, they're looking at partnerships with uh, universities instead of um, just big locations, so they're looking at acquiring first generation PBSAs with strategic partnerships they have with established universities and expanding from there, but they're PBSA developments that are going to be on the smaller scale, 100, 150 beds, um, and the segregating like first years in one accommodation and postgrads in another and things like that. So that is all for PBS News for this week, people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, can, can you, I mean, it, it, cast your mind back to, to university days, can you imagine uh, living in student accommodation with panoramic views of London? I mean, right could, would, oh would, would, you, would you have got anything thing. done? <laughs>
1: I did have uh, some friends who were at other other halls when I, I was at university because I went mm-hmm. to university in London who had some amazing views, but that that just sounds incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um and uh Akanksha, we should we should take this opportunity because we, we didn't have any GLSM last week to ask you about your, your few days up in Leeds last week for UK Reef. And so yeah, what did you get up to uh, and, and what did you learn up there?
2: Uh, UK Reef was actually really fun the year. The thing is, I'm so glad it didn't rain because it would have been a disaster <laughs> if it had. Uh, thankfully, it was sunny all three days. Um, mm. But I mean, it's still UK. So there was a little cloud, but that's fine. You can live <laughs> with that. Um, but there was there were like seven, um, 7,500 people crammed in this little area. It was just so crowded. Last year, it was pretty much double of what, what was there last year. Apparently, mm. I wasn't there, so I can't really confirm that. But according to eyewitness accounts, yeah, yeah. and people, there was a lot of talk of, you know, ESG and residential mixed use developments and capital really understanding what that means now. So all good things for the sector going forward.
0: And did you did you get much chance to enjoy the city itself or were you all focus, focus, focus on the um, conference?
2: I did actually get a chance to see the city as well. I loved Leeds. It was my first time up there. It was amazing. <laughs> it's not like as hectic as, Lo- as London gets. Mm. It's really quiet, but really nice. Uh,
0: so I, I uh, lived for most of a year uh, in Leeds because I did my journalism oh, wow. postgrad uh, up in Leeds. So. Yeah, it was a it was a great city. Yeah. Uh, way back at the uh, start of the century, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds like an awful long time ago now. Um, so, um speaking of things uh, an awful long time ago, it has been far too long since we've had a quiz on this podcast. So we're we're oh, going to oh, put that good. right now, uh, but it is it is a very short one. I'm going to put you t- to the test. Uh, with, with a quick quiz, uh, just four questions between you uh, to see how close you've been paying attention to what your colleagues have been up to whilst you've been uh, writing about uh, offices and uh, PBSA and everything else you've been covering. So, um, or Akanksha, would you like to go first or second?
2: I'll go first, Tim.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You'll go first. Okay, so in Tim's beautifully illustrated feature, Maintaining Our Heritage, Uh, He opens with a reference to a cherished possession of uh, the Sir Robert McAlpine Group's Mike Coleman. But what type of possession are we talking about, Akanksha?
2: Oh, that's easy. I have no idea.
0: Oh, oh, can I (laughs)
1: steal?
0: Shantae, you can steal.
1: I I actually, um, this was a great piece. I actually got to go to this round table um, with Tim. That's not fair, but it's brilliant. (laughs) Um, But it was a classic car.
0: It is a classic car. You can get a bonus point if you can name the specific classic car, Shanto. But I'll be very impressed if you can. Oh, it was
1: um, a 1969 MGB GT.
0: That is incredible. I have no idea how you pulled that out, uh, but yes, indeed, it was. Well done. You've 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 paid careful attention. Do you, how are you, are you quite well up on your classic cars, Shanto? I
1: actually do love classic cars. Yeah? <laughs> Was, my ears pricked up when we were at the yeah. round table and I heard, I heard classic <laughs> car talk. I was like, oh, this is where I can get involved. <laughs>
0: there we go. We found uh, found another specialist subject for Shantay. Um, OK, your question, Shantay. Also from yes. our ever-busy deputy editor, uh, his leader this week is headlined by the observation that developers are finding ways to create attractive headquarters rather than what? attractive headquarters. attractive headquarters rather
1: than what um oh headstones
0: it is a headstone yes <laughs>
1: uh
0: specifically a headstone that reads uh, here lies the office so it's yeah. uh, encouraging news uh, for the office market uh, in, in <laughs> tim's leader uh, so we'll everyone should of course uh, read that uh, okay, Akanksha, Chante uh, is blowing this blowing this away. Yes, yeah. let's, uh, let's see if we can we can save a bit of face. So which U.S. farmer giant uh, is putting its potential return to London on hold, according to the wonderful Evelina?
2: Eli Lilly. <laughs>
0: correct, correct. Yes, and Chante for sorry. full marks and a resounding victory. Which beautiful city, as Julia noted, uh, looks set for expansion with a two billion pound, twenty minute neighbourhood scheme
1: oh edinburgh
0: it is edinburgh look at that shantae is on top of everything this week well done to you both um that just leaves time uh for dj Shante to add to uh, the celebrated oh. eglsm certified bangers playlist uh, so what kind of vibe are you going to be setting for the listeners this time to, to, to get them, them through to get them through the rest of the bank holiday weekend
1: interesting
0: something something think... good for a barbecue i guess
1: yeah, something good for a barbecue. That's a good idea. Um, I'm going to go with Nas
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm going to throw it back to the 90s. I'm going to go with The World Is Yours. Sounds good. If you haven't heard it, it's well worth a listen. Um, I think it's, it's not, it's, it's not as R&B as I would normally go for. I'm normally mm. the one yeah. repping the R&B tunes um <laughs> when it comes to suggestions so this is this is much more of a, a Tim kind of base suggestion I think than them would normally be for me well, but I,
0: it's I look forward to hearing what, what he makes uh, of your your latest <laughs> edition and uh everyone else can go and have a listen to the playlist on Spotify and uh, allow that to soundtrack uh the rest of your bank holiday um We will be back, of course, next week. Who knows who will join me uh, on the next episode of EG Like Sunday Morning?